gentlemen to the 13th floor where the furniture isn't always the best but the views are amazing i am your host today i go by the one they call carol uh they call me a bunch of other things too uh the moderator is is uh i don't know what he's taking a sabbatical i don't know what he's doing but um b jones uh won't be with us for a little while um just energy and strength for b jones doing a lot of stuff they're in the home home stretch of uh, dental school, so good luck to uh, B. Jones and Chris. We look forward to you getting back. Uh, my crew today, though, uh, I got man, I got the originals today, basically. <laughs> foundation, baby. Yeah, I got the foundation of the group uh, in here. So, Faison, what you got going on today, sir? Oh man, uh, been a good good long weekend. Uh, all the plans I had put in place, all failures, uh, meaning I got nothing done that I wanted to get done. Um, you know, two boys, family, wife, in-laws, life happens. <laughs> so it's all good. Yeah, I know that feeling. I know that feeling. Uh, actually, maybe I don't because you got more boys than I do and, and, and you got your in-laws with you too. So <laughs> good luck with that. Thank you, thank you. <laughs> uh, I got the other Jones that's still in the house, Brian Jones. What's up, sir? All good, baby. Here and ready to go. Been a crazy weekend, but hey, we here. Time change has messed with my body. Oof. Yo, it's a good dance in Munda. Let's go. It's a beautiful day. Nice, nice. And of course, uh, it wouldn't be a show uh, without a man. Our resident DJ, our resident entrepreneur ninja. <laughs> Be fresh. What's going on, sir? We are here. We are fresh, baby. We're ready to get it. New controller, so you know I've been practicing some new moves. But we ready, baby. Let's get it popping. <laughs> nice, man. Hey, get out, cook it up, baby. Yeah, All man. So, so what what controller did you get, man? I know it's I been, got I know it's been on delay. You've been waiting. Well, you know, I finally, um, there were two things that I always felt myself not about to go over to the dark side with. One was iPhones. I am an avid uh, anti-iPhoner. The other was um, Serato DJ program. Um, and that is the most widely used DJ program by far that most people use. However, I came up and was um, self-taught on Tractor Pro. That's what I used all my, my DJ time. Granted, I, I started my DJ career late, but I have advanced myself and went ahead and broke the mold. I jumped over to the Roland DJ 505. It's a pretty dope controller. It also has every Roland uh, drum machine built into the DJ controller that then can sync with whatever music you were playing. So I've been doing a lot of playing around and discovering how to make that happen and, and to uh, enhance my mixes, but it's been a fun time. Uh, the learning curve has been very interesting, but I feel that I'm uh, getting over the hump. That's what's up. So for you non-DJ, uh, non-technical folks out there, basically he got a more versatile controller that will allow him not just to play music, but also make music. So we look forward to uh, what uh, what you're putting out, bro. Where can mm -hmm. people find your mixes? 
you know, as always, anywhere you search for Barry B. Fresh, you will find the freshest one. So you can go to SoundCloud, MixCloud, Facebook, Instagram, wherever you gram. I'm there. I'm ready. I'm happening. Other than that, as always, the website is under construction. Been trying to do something sleek, sexy, and, uh, you know, alternative to make people be like that. What's that? But, you know, BarryBFresh.com. Look, look forward. It's coming out soon. We're going to be here. Stay fresh Stay in it. Absolutely. We look forward to that. We look forward to the first 13th floor house party, man. We got to arrange that at some point. The first 13th floor house party uh, where you will need a code to get up on the elevator. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. But in the meantime, fellas, um, man, so it seems like it's been a quiet week compared to some other weeks that we have. Um, But I did want to talk about Captain Marvel coming out. Um, and I know not everybody's seen it, so we won't give away any spoilers. But Faison, I know you went to see Captain Marvel already, man. What do you think? You know what? I, it was a it's a good movie. Marvel made a great event. Um, the tie-ins are, are are crazy. I mean, from the Creed, which you saw in the previews, but the Creed tie-in and her history and Fury's history and just how it all ties in. Oh, it's it's just a good movie. It, it reminds me of. Like watching the original Ant Man, sorry, not Ant Man, uh, the original Iron Man, like kind of how it just starts it off. You're like, oh, okay, cool, this is the beginning of a saga, but then you watch movies later on, and you'll look back and go, oh, that happened in Iron Man. It's gonna be that kind of movie, so it really helps tie in like the rest of the entire platform. I'm um, just so far. Did you say Creed is tied into this movie? Creed, the Creed, the Creed, the Creed, Creed, the Creed. Yeah. Oh, okay. Creed is uh, an alien yes, race. Yes. Okay, yes. Okay. <laughs> no, I, I, that's, I was just making sure. Okay. <laughs> so yeah, so it, it was. I mean, it's it's good. There's some really high points, some low points. I mean, the movie does all of it, and I think this is really the first time that there's been a female lead that's technically a female lead that doesn't need anyone to show her anything. Um, and I'm going to compare that to Wonder Woman. So in Wonder Woman, there's you no, know, she obviously is the strongest Amazon ever, but when she came to the States to do anything, she had her, her guy showing her around and helping her out. And she was playing number two while he was taking lead on the court cases and everything. Well, Captain Marvel isn't that. Like when she's here, Nick's with her, but she's like, all right, yeah, you think you can do this, but I'm gonna do this for you right now because it's easier. Or I'm gonna do it this way or follow my lead. Um, so it's really cool that, that it really is like her. It's her movie. It's her her thing. Um, only thing I will say about the movie that I thought was crazy is that the entire time you never hear the words Captain Marvel. <laughs> so that was like interesting because through all movies you heard you hear Iron Man, you hear Captain America, you hear you know with their names. You never heard the name Captain Marvel. So I'm assuming how they, I wonder how they're going to do that in Endgame uh, and make her actually get the Captain title. Huh. Interesting. So you bring up a really good. Uh, uh, segue to where I wanted to go, right? Perfect. So Marvel seems to just, they're always with the current um, political atmosphere, mm-hmm. so, social uh, movement, social trends, right? So a lot of people may not know, but um, originally when Stan Lee started writing the comics, one of the things that he did um, was a lot of the characters were actually a representation of um, what happens with racism. So with all the mutants and the superheroes, um, that was a lot of his intent. So now here we are at a, at a point where the women movement is moving so strong right now, right? Mm-hmm. 
and they're gathering just it just seems like that energy just keeps building and here comes marvel they put out their first uh feature film with a leading woman as the superhero and it just seems like they're so timely with it so what do you guys think about that because of course obviously it's not just that it's a woman but it's also a a a caucasian female right that's coming to ultimately save the world against the the most powerful force we've ever seen right that's that's Mm -hmm. where it's headed uh, in Avengers Endgame, right? So, yep. I mean, what do you guys think about that? Do you think that's just coincidence, or is that timing on their part? Oh, man, they they timed this thing out year, years ago. They, they knew it was going on. They knew the day would drop. They knew they dropped it on um, International Women's Day, purposely. Yep. All that planning went to play a long time ago. And even though you haven't heard anything about the next phase, trust me, they already know they're way ahead of the curve, or they're going to make adjustments and throw moves in between uh to make it work but yeah they they knew what they're doing there was there was a plan in play the whole entire time well i, I think yes there's a plan in play but i think they adapt very well right True. like wonder woman just dropped dropped last what two two years ago when that was really more of when the me too movement was mm-hmm. hot and, and really just you know boiling over and really gaining all that traction mm-hmm. i think that marvel just does an amazing job of altering just enough to capture really to to continue that wave right because they had this plan they knew this movie was going to drop around this time you know for for years decades probably you know what i mean Mm -hmm. but i think that they might have altered like you know what no we're going to drop it on women's day yeah yeah you know what i mean it's Uh like things like that that they're very keen on being able to see and kind of check that tone and just like with uh black panther you know um it, it dropped pretty much right uh black history month you know what I mean? That it was. And you got moved too. They, yeah, they moved it twice to make sure <laughs> that that all of this all of this plays into the the greater scheme. But they do a good job of catch, capturing that pulse. I think that's why Marvel is so much more widely accepted and, and felt so much greater than the DC you know um, level of of comics in, in in movies. Because if you look at even uh, Black Lightning, they tried their hardest to really capture like you know the black movement now and and, and you know what's going on but everybody was like it doesn't resonate it's not worth it they got canceled it is canceled yeah yeah oh. oh black lightning yeah black lightning got canceled when <laughs> i'm, I'm just shocked too yeah i heard it got canceled i, I unplugged it oh no, man black lightning's still on man then black new you positive go I'm, ahead and check that B. i'm Jones. positive <laughs> i've been watching it that look just because it's playing right now does not mean it's not canceled yeah. Uh, yeah, let's check that, man, because... <laughs> oh, man, that gets a heart as it's a blow, man. Because I'm looking forward to watching the whole Because when I heard, right when I heard that uh, Punisher in... Um, you mean Luke Cage is canceled, Power Man? Luke Cage is canceled. Yeah. Punisher Luke is canceled. Cage got canceled, yes. Yeah, yeah. Yes, but Punisher got canceled as well. But yeah, yeah, yes, yeah. along with all of that string of all of those different... One of those things I heard as well was Black, Black Lightning was canceled. Dang. Wow. That's crazy. Well, they, there was never the real tie-in either. They, they didn't do the tie-in with um. You know how you do the Arrow, Flash, all the big tie-ins. Yeah, it's never got the crossover. Yeah. No other um. None of their other DCs have been there yet. Well, no. What I was gonna say was that um. In the beginning of this season, Black Lightning was actually their most successful CW show. Really? Yeah. Interesting. Quite surprising. Yeah. Out, of, out of the superhero ones. Yep. Yep. But uh. 
Yeah, man. I don't so. know, look it up, but I don't know. I thought <laughs> I heard the same thing. I never confirmed it though. Man, you guys gave me disappointing news. Now we got right. I know. I'll, I'll find out by the time we get off. Yeah, keep end. keep rolling. Keep we're, gonna end, we're gonna have to end the podcast because uh, fate of black. <laughs> yeah, fate. Yep, yeah, we're out. <laughs> nah, uh, let's keep it going, man. But uh, yeah, man, that's just crazy, man. I just thought the timing of that was so key. And then, when did International Women's Day start? Like, it's just another one of those days now. It's just like, oh man, that's a, I didn't even know that was a thing. Well, I think the internet over, and really I would say Instagram and memes have done such a successful job of making you a lot more aware of all of these various days that are happening every day. And, and yes, I do not recall um, when I was younger celebrating uh, having a National Women's Day. This is another total just side um, brain fart that I had had earlier. Do you remember the song, The Farmer in the Dell? The farmer in yeah, the I listen to it all right? the time. There's verses to it, right? Now, yep. I'm thinking when I was younger, I do not recall if the farmer was ever a female. And then I do not recall if with the, the female farmer, if we ever said the farmer takes a husband instead of the farmer takes a wife. Yeah. I always remember the song was the farmer yeah. takes the wife. It's still now. The farmer takes it's the wife. Now. Yeah. So we were letting the, the girl was still taking a wife. Um, the farmer was well, always man, a boy farmer. It's, it's always a man farmer taking a wife. The four, yeah. Farm, I don't know. Yeah. That was just a crazy it's, thing I was thinking about. That was it's presumed as a male farmer, yes. Yeah. That's just horrible. Horrible childhood. Horrible. <laughs> but well, yes. That's the way that things were. You know, they were set that way. Things just, you know, certain roles were given to certain people. Unjustly. Yeah. <laughs> Women can farm too. Listen, man. <laughs> every, every, everything is wide open right now. Everything is wide open. Just the way it should be. It should be that way. Mm-hmm. Uh, but man, you guys are doing a great job of doing uh, segues to the next thing. So, oh man, this is good. Yeah, see, the, the original, the core. It's the core. Yeah. It's the core group. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so the, the, you, real quick, of course, the United Nations began celebrating 1973 year on March 8th, but it started in Russia in 1917. All right, say that one more time for the people, man, because you you kind of broke up a little bit. I want to make sure the people get the knowledge where they need it. So after women gave suffrage in Soviet Russia in 1917, every year March 8th became national holiday there. The United Nations um, adopted it and began celebrating it the same day, March 8th, every year in 1975. Boom. Nice. That's what's up, man. All right, there it is, people. There's the facts. You know, we like to put uh, the facts out there. We don't like to just uh, put assume uh, anything on the 13th floor. Um, and uh, as my man Joe Madison says, we like to put it where the goats can get it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Nice. All right. So, fellas, so let's, let's, let's talk about that transition to something that uh, I think is going to be an interesting conversation, man. I wish we had the rest of the fellas, but um, one of the things that came across me this week was the concept of the American melting pot. And is it truly a melting pot, right? Because uh, let, let me go back. So for, for, the, for the listeners out there, uh, every once in a while, I dabble in the culinary, the culinary arts, right? Um, one of my very early things that um, I like, do like many people, you know, and, and 
don't act like y'all have never done it. I used to be one of those people that used to walk around the food court in the mall and get as much bourbon chicken samples as I could get. <laughs> right. Bourbon chicken, teriyaki chicken, chicken, chicken. <laughs> right, right, right. Orange chicken, all that good stuff. Um, don't act like you guys didn't do it. Um, many a times that, that was our meal when we were in college. We would go mm-hmm. to the mall to the mall food court. Dayland Mall. Shout out to Dayland Mall. <laughs> yep. Uh, but one of the first things that I wanted to dabble in and learn how to do uh, was make bourbon chicken for myself. Mm. And I remember the very first time that I did it, I was reading the recipe. I'm making the chicken. Um, and it said that you needed to have one part bourbon. Well, not be a culinary chef. <laughs> I didn't really know what one part bourbon meant. So I assumed that that meant a cup of bourbon. Ooh. Yeah. It's a whole lot of bourbons. Wow. Yeah. So it is. Drunken chicken. Everybody came back for 15, so that place. Chicken I ever had. <laughs> uh, listen, that's actually uh, somewhat true. So shout out to uh, to the Jolly family, specifically the Jolly girls. Uh, I was in Virginia. Vivian was home. Her, her sister and a couple of their friends came over and we cooked and I made this bourbon chicken. And, um, you know, I, I was thinking, man, like, man, this thing smells strong. Um, but my, my roommate was like, no, nah, man, once you put it in the heat, the heat's going to make it burn off. So all we had was bourbon chicken was white rice. And needless to say, we didn't have any alcohol, but people were drunk <laughs> because of the bourbon chicken, right? So when I think about this American uh, melting pot, it's very, it seems to be very similar, right, to my pot of bourbon chicken because you got a whole bunch of people in this pot, but it seems like there's one ingredient that seems to be overpowering the whole pot. And mm-hmm. I wanted to get you all's perspective. Is this really... A melting pot. I think it is in pieces, but uh, as as one one whole pot. No, it's you know my, one of my favorite phrases. It's a, it's a unique, you know, complex gumbo, where there are, are are sections where you find that true unification and that that feeling of wow, I see a little piece of everybody and kind of encapsulated in these these you know beautiful moments but actually at the same time you'll see well wait a minute y'all have little haiti over there y'all have little like even though we come and hang out for a concert and everybody's here enjoying themselves and and you feel like oh is this the the feeling of miami for instance but then you realize that in reality even though we can um come together we still live separate yeah, so I'm gonna say that it's more of a it's it's a soup where all the ingredients are just in in the broth, right? Stew. It's, it's the stew. It's the stew. It's the soup. It's the gumbo. Whatever, whatever, wherever you're from, whatever resonates with you. If you're an island, I know it's the soup, right? Um, but it's like you take all these different ingredients, you put in a pot, and they begin to come together and, and form a your final product, whether that's whatever that may be, right? But they can still exist individually. And then like like you said, when you do certain soups, certain things sink to the bottom, right? 
certain things floating on the top and other things are kind of like mixed all in and you got to dig down deep to get the stuff that's on the bottom. Mm -hmm. right? you, there's always, you got to go down deep with that ladle to scoop up the potatoes or whatever else is on the bottom or some piece of the meat that's down there, whatever. So when I think of it that like that, it's really, we're here and we try to make it a soup and we try to make it that melting pot all together. But it's still like, just like Ian pointed out, there's still sections that are always gonna clump together or, or coagulate, whatever, whatever word term you want to use. And then they, they're, they're just there. That's where they exist. Um, green, so green beans ain't gonna break down, you know, the, 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 the steak, mm -hmm. pieces, chicken pieces, all of that stuff, they're in there. And while they're mixed together and those, there's those beautiful broth pieces and, 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 you know, it's a great bite when you get all of it together, you still can identify. But they add to the flavor. They add to the overall flavor of the meal, but they still exist separate. So, wow, I think that's more of a representation of what we got going on today. Okay, okay. I, I can see that. Um, and it's funny, man. I'm gonna take a little bit about of what both of you said, right? So, first said that it's a melting pot, but it's in like different pieces, right? So it's almost like the pot has divisions in it. And everybody's in there, but it's not truly a melting pot because you're, you're melting alongside the people that look like you, walk like you, talk like you, mm -hmm. right? That, that mixture is not happening. And then, BJ, you said it's like a soup. Yes, but we get to that flavor when the proteins in the meat start to break down, right? Mm -hmm. And what's stopping us from being an actual melting pot is that we're not getting to the part where that collagen and, the, and, and those things start to break down, which would be the old views of whether it be black people, other immigrants, whatever it might be. And that's stopping us from truly becoming a melting pot because to, to melt, that would mean that we're now open to everybody having an equal role, purpose, and ability here in the country which mm -hmm. we know we're still not at that point. So I like what you guys are saying because yes, that is, that is the goal, right? Or at least that's the goal for, for those of us that, that are at that point where we feel like, okay, that's how it should be. Mm -hmm. Nobody should feel like I am the supreme ingredient in mm -hmm. this pot. Right. Yeah. Does that make sense? It does make sense. Um, and it, and it, that ingredient doesn't have to be, you know, different people, it can totally be like, all right, this is the, this is their requirements to make that person supreme or make that, that uh, ingredient supreme, whatever it may be. And I think that that's, that's where everyone getting the chance to, to properly be seasoned is what's causing the issues. Some people are, you're getting thrown in, they're not properly getting, you know, it's not probably getting set up, but everyone needs to have the ability to know what the, what the, the steps are. Or like you said, when you first did the ingredients, if you knew what needs to be done and you knew or there's here, step one, step two, step three, step four, that will allow it. But because you're just guessing and throwing in things then you're never going to get the chance to be able to go forward with that process. Cause you're going to be stuck with, um, and my, my French, my, my Spanish speaking friends say, uh, for the rice, the crapa on the bottom of the, of the pan, you'd be stuck there because it's just where it is. But I think when you look at <clears throat> that the the thing about quote unquote the America the USA is outsiders view this pot as a melting pot because of some of the freedoms afforded that they're not afforded. Mm -hmm. 
depending on wherever they came from or the experiences that they had. So when it's viewed from the outside, it's more of that melting pot. But when it's still you as individuals here in the U.S. and are um, like, give me, I'm not saying there's no crossover whatsoever. That's not what I'm saying. But in the big scheme of things, especially how it plays out in today's society, if you look at the new, if you turn on the news and just watch one night, right, you can see that we're not a melting pot anymore. We're not coming together and and fusing together for that one good cause for that one great batch of whatever we're making. Mm-hmm. It's well, we may be together on this this issue, but when we talk about this issue, it's a whole nother uh, viewpoint on it. Yeah. All right, let me throw a twist in there. How much of the responsibility of it being a melting pot is actually on us? Like, how much is on the people that aren't the primary ingredient in the pot? How much responsibility do we have in making it a melting pot? It's 100% everybody's responsibility. Yeah. At it, the end of the day, it's, it, it is, but it's the, you know, that's one of the greatest battles we fight, right? Is how much we should um, be, uh, you know, self-sufficient and more self, um, pres- like preserve more, you know, our culture. But at the same time, you know, the, the understanding that some of the most beautiful things come from the, the, the meshing and, and, and blending in culture. And so it's hard trying to find that balance, not just as a person, but then, you know, overall, like how do you create the ability to keep awareness of community in your history, however, not alienate or to create that divide that then, you know, has people, you know, turn it from an experience into, you know, an altercation, right? In mm-hmm. terms of where it becomes that, oh, you're you are too too prideful. You are too, you know, you you're you're too too culturally involved, which is an oxymoron in the sense where <laughs> for people to be yeah. so upset that you are so prideful and um accepting and in in loving of your culture and then to to take such offense to it like how dare you and and to say things like, oh well you should go back to Africa it's like, what, what, what are we talking about here? Really? Because I enjoy and want to, you know, make sure we understand where we come from in order to understand where we're going. But it's that, that, that constant dance of how do you do that along with not alienating or feeling like you're trying to exclude and also, you know, being able to say like, we understand your um, relevancy to history, but we also want to keep our, our relevancy understood and prevalent and not, um, whitewash it really at the end of the day yeah and 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 that's the thing and that's why i said earlier it's about getting to a point where everybody looks at everybody as we're we're on equal playing field right Mm -hmm. because you've never heard the term white culture nope Mm -mm. you see what i'm saying so it's like you've never heard that but everybody else got a culture you got black culture, you got Hispanic culture, you've got Indian culture, you've got Native American culture. Mm-hmm. The only one that you've never heard of culture is is white, which is hilarious. Not um, about it until now. Yeah, yeah, until right now. So mm-hmm. I, I like what I think Fresh, you said it, is that everybody kind of has to hold on to to their cultural roots because Otherwise, it can get whitewashed, and I, I, I use a better term, assimilation, right? We think that we have to assimilate in order to be 
successful or to be a part of the American dream. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And then you start letting go. And that's why I always say, don't fake it till you make it because you'll fake it and you'll make it, but then you'll forgot where you hit it and you can't come back to it. Why? Because it's so, it's, it's so far gone. So, uh, man, I just think it's just an interesting concept of, of, and it's an interesting world that we live in, right? And it's not necessarily the world per se. Um, it, I think it is to a degree, but as far as what we face here in the United States is where we call the melting pot, the land of dreams, all these good things. I don't think anybody has ever thought through what that really means. And can I, since we're, we're, we're definitely on this page, I think I, my story I have about, about Namdi and Renze will fit in well here. So... So one to have their names be Namdi and Arunze. You know, uh, obviously on the Nigerian side, that is expected. That is where it should be. Now that wasn't the case maybe 10, 15 years ago or 20 years ago when, when they were coming here to migrate into the system and they hide that culture for a little bit because people were talking, it was different thought by being Nigerian. Where now there's, it's a massive pride and this massive acceptance and everyone is, is like, wow, they really have what's going on uh, great there. Afrobeats taking over. Exactly. Now flip that into to someone who's born here, a black American born here, and you tell them, my mom, my family, and then my son, Nandi. Well, how are they going to pronounce that? How are they going to say that? How are they going to know? Well, why can't you just name something regular? Well, what's regular to you? Because this is a regular name. So having, but now it's become, oh, it's such a beautiful name. It's a great name. And you hear that now. And those people who are saying, my mom, my family, people who in general, have going, oh, you know what? It is a great name. And I can say it now and it's great. But it's the initial barrier of, well, with that name, you know, you're going to put them in a, in a box they can't get out of. And like, no, actually, these names are stronger. And there are people in the top levels who have these higher names. You just don't know them because you're thinking of, you know, the Rebecca's and everything else. But John is not a power name. So, and no offense to John's out there, but that, that story of, of being held back because you think it's wrong and you think that you're not going to conform to what's happening because your name is different. And there are some really exotic names that can pull a different way, but when you're culturally thinking of this is a name, this has a meaning, this is why it's there, that changes the mindset behind the people. Have you seen that um, meme with the dude with the longest name like in the world? And it's like, in Bufu, Mdebufu, Misifufufufu, Like he goes on for like a good like three minutes, but he's like, what? Say your name again. He said, Bufu, Mifabufu, Mufu. It's awesome. It's awesome. But um, hilarious. Yeah, it's, it's just like you said, man, people get um halted by their own bias, right? And, and what they're comfortable with and what they've been through in their own experience instead of... <laughs> understanding um i literally just told somebody the other day like all of this is fake like all of this is is you know a facade in the sense that you make what is visible to you real and apparent that there are people who are doing things totally opposite than you don't enjoy none of the stuff that you do don't crave or desire anything that you do but are still living a great life and enjoying mm. themselves yeah yep there's so much message there's there's so much craziness out there that when we start thinking about this whole mixing of, of people, mixing of races, that when you when you look at just the, the term for it, the miscegenation, right? Um, it's just the mixing of race, and eventually the idea is that the population will merge into one race over time. 
because if you look at at the way things are going now, um, yes, there are isolated isolated areas, even in the U.S. or around the world, where populations are still not mixing, right? Mm-hmm. But you look more and more of the um, the general public. Did you go out in major cities and, and major places around the U.S. and you just see the crossover in the in the children, the descendants of those? So the idea is that eventually that, I mean, I don't sound cliche, but love is going to conquer all, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. If I find somebody that I love, it doesn't matter what they look like, what their background is. Um, but again, a lot of people aren't taught that. And the the issue comes to a power struggle, right? So those people in power, those people that have been historically in power or making the laws or making the rules are in fear of losing that power or losing that struggle. So all these things, when Ian just said this facade, that's what brought it back up to my mind, that these things are painted and put out there for us to deal with and have a reaction to, to keep us separated. Mm-hmm. So we coming together. Um, again, you can go many different routes with this, but that, the idea that whole cliche of love will conquer all, technically, if you look at finding somebody for who they are and what they're about and take away all the other brick walls we put up around each other and in our communities, that technically we would eventually bleed everybody out and become one race. Back to an original race where if you want to go historically and biblically or historically, if you don't want to bring the Bible into it, whatever case you can go, you'll go back to one race breaking out to different parts of the world and people developing their skin tone and beliefs based on the regions they were adapting to Mm -hmm. and and adaptations. So that's a whole other realm of... That's a whole nother podcast and, and, and <laughs> go ahead, Fresh. But I was going to say that we, we are all one race. We are all the human race. And, and the funny thing that I heard was that um, I think it was on um, the Joe Rogan podcast that he was talking about the only thing that's going to um, really unify, unify us as a human race is when aliens come and attack and when they're actually prevalent and, and known that these are aliens to be able to like, now we'll section ourselves off and be more unified because it's us versus them. That's the mm. only time that you'll see us really come together as a human race that we are in, in order to, you know, go um, uh, fight against a, a common enemy. Not even, not even us versus them, because you know what the, the best um, example is? Give me a natural disaster and let me show you how people come together for that period of time to get everybody on their feet, and then we migrate back to right back yep. to where you were. Is that disaster attack? Yeah, exactly. Love and pain, right? Those are the two things that will will level a playing field, you know, instantaneously, right? <clears throat> yep, absolutely. Great segment, great segment, fellas. Um, before we transition out of that into our our our, our weekly uh, segments. Uh, I do want to remind the listeners, one, uh, we'd love to get your feedback. We'd love to hear your opinions on the topic. So the topic today was, do you think America is truly a melting pot? Um, We'd love to hear from you, man. You can leave us comments on any major podcast platform. Uh, That includes uh, Vimeo, iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, YouTube. Uh, We have a layer. I'm sorry, say that again, sir. Uh, Himalaya. The new one just came out. Oh, yeah. Himalaya. Okay. I don't know if we're there, but we'll check that one out, man. We'll climb that and get there. Um, yeah, absolutely. You can find us on IG at 13th Floor, please. 
Um, and man, look, we, we just, so many people reach out to us individually when we mm -hmm. see them. Oh man, we listened to your podcast. That was awesome. Man, we would love to have a community where you all share these things and talk about it. So please uh, leave your comments on any of the platforms that you listen to us on um, and we will definitely respond. And give us some ideas for you want stuff you want to hear about. Whatever, yeah, whatever yeah. you want to talk about, holla at us. Yeah, we're open. We're definitely not closed-minded. Um, we're definitely all about uh, human interaction. Mm -hmm. Yep. Arts Corner, what we got, man? You know, this, this uh, today, well, it's, it's been a really interesting week. So uh, I think I'm going to lead just with not being afraid to ask for help. Um, everyone knows that I, I've, I'm going into the real estate mindset, getting into a lot of reading, a lot of coaching, a lot of mentoring, a lot of um, actually putting things in action. And this week was the week of actually going to visit the property and putting in the first bid. As fearful as that is, uh, for anyone who purchased a house or is in the process of purchasing a house, you always find the excuse to actually putting the bid in and having the bid in your hand and reading it and, and, and going in and depositing the earnest, earnest deposit. But you're fearful because you don't know the answers. You don't know who to turn to or making mistakes. Ask for help. Ask for help with things you are a novice at, know where you stand and know that you need support to make the right thing. Um, be honest with those who you're talking to. You know, my real estate agent, my banker, my, the lawyer I'm getting with, I am new to this role. I'm going to need you to explain it to me like a five-year-old. And if that person can't do that, then it's time for you to find someone else who can. Because you always got to start from somewhere, and they're forcing you to move faster than you can. Find help somewhere else. Nice. Look, man. I'm telling you, you guys can't get this type of look, man, we don't claim to be subject matter experts on any one thing, but I tell you what, we definitely plant a seed and, and, and we would love to help you all grow that seed. So again, man, comments, comments on the segments, comments on the topic of the day. That leads me down to my man, Fresh and Biz. What's happening in America this week? Find your happy place and go there often. I think too many people do not understand or know what makes them happy. Or more importantly, they know what makes them happy and they refuse to um, put themselves in that position to be happy. It is okay. Let um, the fresh one tell you, go ahead, be happy, enjoy yourself. As long as you are not hurting or harming someone else, it is a-okay to be happy. Don't think that you need to be in a doldrum place uh, because, you know, maybe you don't have money right now or maybe you're not, um, you know, in the position you want to be at at work or in your career path or at school or whatever may have you. But don't think that just because you have a minor setback, that is not um, a reason for you to not feel uh, happy, joy, and, and, and feel good. Whether it's music, whether it's going somewhere, whether it's um, some type of experience, find out what it is, make sure that you use it to your advantage to go ahead and, and be happy. Don't worry, be happy. Many uh, greater songwriters have uh, already expressed that in numerous occasions. I'm bringing it on to you. It's Freservation. It's this week. It is from your number one entrepreneur ninja. Fresh and busy, we out. That's what I'm talking about. Is Bobby McFerrin still alive? Like, where yes, is he? he is. He's still, yeah. um, I actually um, saw that he is touring, and I'm actually thinking about trying to look and see. If he comes down this to the South, I'm definitely going to try to uh, – to roll up on the spot. 
because he's still out there beatboxing with the best of them, baby. Nice. (laughs) Nice. Uh, Mr. Jones Classroom, you got something for us today or? Yeah, I got something real real quick. So one of the things I was reminded this weekend is that – I know we talk to our kids a lot. Those of you that are school age that are in like the testing grades, but even if they're if they're writing, um, read what your kids write, okay, and listen to the voice that they they have in the head that they're putting in the paper. I had a situation where I'm I'm helping a group of kids, my own included, um, just prepare for the upcoming fifth grade um, Florida assessments. And so this past week we did a writing prompt. Um, and I know they're working in school and I read some things that come home, but I, this is the first time I actually read them, had them put it in a format that they've been taught and read through it. And I was amazed by the, just the use of vocabulary and the, the stuff that I know they've heard from their mom and myself over the years that they formed their own vibe. It was just amazing to read their paper and just read it from start to finish and flow. Yes, is it perfect? No. But it was it was great just to hear the voice. I'm a shout out my son Cameron because this boy he's quiet, right? He doesn't he'll talk to you, but he won't go in detail. But the vocabulary use, his just way of just expressing himself came out in his right. I was I was like impressed. So because again, if you have if you don't really see it, give them something a topic to write about. Let let them write you a letter. Write write about their day. Um, just give them something to do to keep them going, and you can write back to them and just get that note given back and forth that. It could be just a, a daily note or something. Just let their voice be heard through their writing. You'll be amazed at what they what they pick up and what they express through the writing. Nice, thank you, sir. Appreciate that. Live from Mr. Jones' classroom. Uh, also, uh, on, on the back end of that, I just want to add, ladies and gentlemen, the time did change. It is not the school's responsibility to adjust that time period for your kids. It is your responsibility. So please make sure your kids are going to bed on time and they're ready to go in the morning. More, more importantly, if I don't know what type of devices you're using <laughs> time from, but if it is not in tune to 99.9% of the devices that are out there, I mean, if all you're using is your, your uh, Rolex because you're balling like that and have not decided to um, you know, check your phone or anything else like that, or don't want to spend the money to send it to Rolex yeah. to get the battery changed. I mean, let's, let's really <laughs> come on, you guys, let's get it together. Time is time is everything. Time is money. Nice. All right, fellas, I'm gonna close this thing out. Uh, great show. My challenge. I think we're gonna call my segment Coach K's challenge. My challenge this week for the listeners, for the audience. Be a great human before you are a great white person, a great black person, a great Spanish person. Because if you're a great human first, then that will filter down to everything else. There is no way that you could not be great at any of those other things if you are a great human being first. That's your challenge this week. Be a great human. Do great human things. Oh, yeah. Yes. On the 13th floor. Wait, before we get there, fact checked. Uh, on January 31st, 2019, Black Lightning was renewed for a third season. Stay tuned for more updates. Black Lightning is still around. Excuse right. me. Ah, you just made my night, man. Stay black, stay lightning, stay strong. Here on the 13th floor where the furniture isn't always the best, 
but the views are amazing. The 13th floor. floor. The 13th floor. floor.